to relieve my guilt about keeping you too long on a warm summer Sunday, I decided in my better judgment to preach a shorter sermon this morning. And in case you were feeling just a tinge of guilt for hoping and praying that today's service would not run over, you can rest assured your prayers have been answered. Guilt. 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 Who needs it anyway? I suspect every one of us has carried guilt at some time in our lives. In fact, I have known people who have carried a guilt for many, many years. Guilt is often experienced in a very personal way deep within us. Guilt is a gripping feeling that can hold us for a long time if it's not dealt with. Two Zen monks were on a pilgrimage, and in the course of their travels, they came to a stream deep and wide. While they stood hesitating, one of them observed an attractive woman downstream in the same predicament. Immediately, he made his way to her side, boldly lifted her into his arms, forded the stream, and put her down on the other side. When his companion joined him, they resumed their journey. After walking half an hour in silence, the second monk turned to the first and suddenly blurted out, Brother, it was wrong of you to take that woman into your arms and cross the stream with her. You know that we monks are forbidden to touch a woman, replied the first monk. I put her down on the other side of the stream. You're still carrying her. Not only does that story speak of the need to let go of guilt, but it also lifts up the difference between guilt and feeling guilty. Many families have at least one member who occasionally motivates by guilt. Like in the case of a youngster who won't eat their dinner. Uh, When I first heard this a number of years ago, it was put in an ethnic framework, but I'm not going to do that because it might not be politically correct. But you might be able to figure this out. The angry parent says, eat your dinner or I'll kill you. And the guilt-laying parent says, eat your dinner or I'll kill myself. Have you ever tried to motivate somebody by guilt? A child, a spouse, a parent, partner, friend, or coworker? It may work in the short term and get a certain job or task done. But in the long run, it doesn't do anything to build up the relationship. Motivating by guilt is generally not a good means for accomplishment. And then there's also laying guilt on somebody for something we're responsible for ourselves. Actually, haven't we all at some time or another said something like, why did you let me have that cup of coffee? Or why did you let me have that second helping of dessert? 
or whatever as though someone else were responsible for something I chose to do. When the fact is, it's our responsibility. Perhaps you know someone who really knows how to lay on the guilt trips, a family member, a friend, or someone you work with. Psychiatrist once berated his patient saying, after all these years, are you still feeling guilty? You should be ashamed of yourself. <laughs> In preparing for this sermon this morning, I was reminded of a Peanuts cartoon where Charlie Brown and Linus are standing along the shore and Charlie Brown reaches down and picks up a rock and he throws it out into the water. Kids love to do that. And Linus says, nice going. It took that stone 4,000 years to get to shore and now you've thrown it back. And Charlie Brown looks at us and says, everything I do makes me feel guilty. You know, it was columnist and comedian Irma Bombeck who coined the phrase, guilt is the gift that keeps on giving. And there's a little saying that goes, actually, I really, I've got it made. I feel guilty whenever I'm happy, and I'm only happy when I'm feeling guilty. Unfortunately, there are some people who seemingly don't mind feeling guilty most of the time, and the tragedy is that unresolved and prolonged guilt can lead to deep inner despair. Jesus, in our text from Matthew that B read for us a few minutes ago, did not allow himself to get caught up in the guilt trip trap. The guilt trip trap. The Pharisees wanted to lay a trip on Jesus and his disciples for picking ears of corn and eating on the Sabbath. But Jesus, rather than feeling guilty, reminded them, in essence, that the Sabbath was made for us and not we for the Sabbath. And that condemning the guiltless is not in keeping with God's intentions for how we should treat one another. So now let's turn to our other text that Deborah read for us, which is altogether different. Here we are reminded that when Joseph's brothers, you recall the story, it's a long story, and I know the passage seemed a little long, but it's a much longer story in Genesis. When when his brothers sold him into slavery, they acted wrongly and were guilty of a grievous act against their brother. In verse 21, our recognition and admission of guilt comes when they said to one another, in truth, we are guilty concerning our brother and that we saw the distress of his soul when he besought us and we would not listen. There's no question here about whether they are just feeling guilty or really and really needn't or whether they are in fact guilty. You see, the feeling of guilt when we really are guilty is a healthy mechanism for being responsible. It is a normal feeling when we've done something wrong. It is a God-given feeling. The distinction between feeling guilty and being guilty is critically important. If we were only concerned with the feeling of guilt, we would only be concerned with alleviating it, as some would want to do, as if all guilt is harmful and unnecessary. 
But in the Christian tradition, we take guilt seriously because its recognition and admission can lead to restored relationship. In such a relationship where the accompanying response is forgiveness, there is always hope and goodness. According to psychologist Willard Galen, guilt is a guardian of our goodness. Guilt is a guardian of our goodness. You know, I want to share a story all the way back. I've just, it's always has stayed with me since I was a young boy, eight or nine, I think I was. Back when uh, you could get penny candy, um, I decided that I was going to steal a piece of bubble gum, but I couldn't figure out how to do it until I got this great idea. I, would, I had saved up a lot of money, which 50 cents was a lot of money back then. And I went in and I counted out 51 pieces of bubble gum. And I came and I put it down at the cash register. And when the clerk said, how many are there? I said, 50. And I thought I had really pulled a fast one. Until I got outside. And I got this horrible pit or feeling in the pit of my stomach that I couldn't get rid of. And I learned a lot about stealing that day. And that lesson stayed with me all of my life. Guilt is a God-given feeling when we've done something wrong. Guilt, a gift from God? You bet it is. You bet it is. In his book, Pray, a study of distinctively Christian praying, Charles Whiston writes, We do not ask for shame and guilt, but on the contrary have every reason not to want these gifts. Yet Christ gives them to us without our asking. He knows we need them, and therefore he gives them to us. We should rejoice that we are able to experience shame and guilt in God's presence, for by that we know we are sensitive to God's holy life and can therefore respond. Then we will know the peace of acceptance and forgiveness. And we can only know that when we acknowledge that we've done something wrong. You see, guilt is only a provisional assessment of who we are. It is not the final assessment. God, through Christ, stands ready to forgive and accept us always. Always. And so, too, in our human relationships is such restoration possible. For we know from the account that we read later in that long story about Joseph in Genesis, that Joseph forgave his brothers in what they did, and he restored his relationship with them. I suspect that there are a number of people here this morning who are feeling guilty about something. I doubt anyone has sold a brother into slavery or been called upon to forgive such a terrible thing, but there probably are some heavy feelings of guilt weighing some of us down today. Our text for this morning tell us we need to sit down and honestly assess the fact of whether or not we're guilty. Because before you can get unstuck from feeling guilty, you've got to know whether or not you really are. If it turns out that you're not, and someone has been laying a guilt trip on you, even if you 
lay that guilt trip on yourself, which I'm pretty good at doing to myself, then you've got to let your feeling match what and who you really are. And if you're not guilty but only feeling guilty, you need to let it go. You need to just let that go. But if you really are guilty, and Lord knows that to be human is to sin, then go in prayer to God and ask forgiveness. And where possible, go to the person and ask forgiveness. We all stand in need of grace. There's an old hymn that puts it this way. Deep in the human heart, feelings lie buried that grace can restore. Well, guilt is a gift from God. It's not a gift, however, when we feel guilty for something that we are not guilty for. That is unhealthy. It's burdensome and life-stifling. It's the guilt trip trap. But guilt, when we've done something wrong and know it, is a gift from God because at least then the possibility for a shift toward responsibility and right living can be made. Guilt. A gift from God? You bet it is. And behind it is the constant echo of the truth that God's grace is greater than any guilt. So thanks be to God. This day, For the gift of guilt and the incredible assurance of God's grace and love always. Always. Amen.